songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the opportunity to give. We thank you for those that have taken time out of their schedule to come fellowship with us this day. And Father, now as we begin to look into your word, to get revelation of where you would have for us to go, we ask that you will cause our minds, our ears, our hearts to be focused on your word. We ask that you will just remove all distractions even now, that our ears will be attuned to your voice. Touch my mind and my voice even now, God, that I will speak in a desired way that your people will hear what it is that you expressly want them to hear. We thank you and honor you for it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hopefully last, last Sunday everybody had an opportunity to celebrate um, their mother. Some of you probably got an opportunity to call your mother and tell her that you were in church and um, to make her happy. That's one of the three times in the year that you go. <laughs> but we're not hating on you for doing that. We're just glad that you went those three times. But we have been working on a series called Better. And the whole premise behind this, it shows a correlation between the New Testament, Jesus coming, and the Old Testament, how all these various characters in the Old Testament were examples of what Jesus was coming to do. The term that is used in the theological world, the world of theology, is a shadow or a type. And so we talked about Jesus, last, the last time we talked, Jesus is a better Adam. Adam came and slipped up pretty bad and caused all of us to fall. But Jesus came and redeemed us back to the Father. And so today, we're going to get into a very interesting one. Thank you for that. A very interesting one. And I, I, I need to build this up before we actually jump into the scripture because I want to make sure that everyone understands where we're going. Sometimes God would have one of the prophets. The prophets were God's mouthpiece for the day. He would have the, the prophets do something as an example of what he wanted the people to see. For instance, he had Ezekiel lay on his side for 390 days. He cooked his food on top of manure for 390 days to show an example of this coming judgment from God and how the food shortage was going to come. So God used the prophets as an example to show God's coming judgment or how God wanted them to reorient how they were looking at things to get them back to being what he called for them to do and to be. So this happens all throughout the prophets. The prophets go through a lot of this. And then we come up on the book of Hosea. For those of you that still use a bound Bible, that means it has pages in it that you have to turn. For those of y'all that still use those, the book of Hosea is after the book of Daniel. 
Y'all electronic folks, you just gonna type H-O and then you'll find it real quick. I know that I already understand that because that's where we're going. We're going to the book of Hosea. I need to give you a little background on Hosea. Hosea was a prophet who God called for such a specific purpose that it took a special person to do what Hosea was tasked to do. We look at the first chapter of the book of Hosea, and it talks about how God said, I want you to go marry this woman. And we all say, well, okay, that's pretty cool. God told you to go marry somebody. That's all good. The issue was that this woman was a prostitute. She was a harlot. She was living way outside of what you would think a preacher would marry. Okay. Way outside. I think uh, when he probably went before the church and told them that he was going to be marrying Gomer, which was her name, I think a couple of whispers start going throughout the congregation. I think a couple of folks start rolling their eyes in the back of their head because they wanted to marry him. I think it caused some complications in the congregation. And he gonna, he gonna announce that he marrying. Everybody in the city know what Gomer does. All right. And you talk about you finna marry Gomer. What kind of man of God? What kind of freak? What? I might need to take my membership someplace else. Uh -huh. But he goes ahead and he marries. Marries this woman. And it talks about how he has children. Ends up having two children. And, and it seems like everything is going perfect. Everything is going well. It's going lovely. It's just beautiful all day long. Then it starts talking about how Gomer started not coming home days at a time. Then Gomer just disappears and has gone back into the life that she led previously. And I can hear the folks in the congregation do the I told you so, but they ain't said nothing. I knew this was going to happen. Told you he wasn't a man of God. God, God wouldn't have told him to marry that woman because if he told him to marry that woman, then everything would be right. Okay. I think I am gonna go someplace else. He missing, he's really missing this. Mm -hmm. And the pressure of being the man that is God's mouthpiece and receiving all the negativity from everyone around because he did what God told him to do. And then I think Hosea got into his mind. He said, you know, I'm just going to raise my babies and we're just going to live this life. And one night he's praying and God says, hey, Hosea, what's going on? Said, Lord, it's all good. Going through a little couple of little things. He says, um, I need you to go back and get going. Lord, I think we have some static on this line. <laughs> I think we have some complications in this connection. Because I thought I heard you say for me to go 
and go get that woman. That's exactly what I said. God, hold on, God, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I know. The woman that I went and got out of that mess in the first place, mm -hmm. brought her into this home. We've raised two kids together, and now she's run back out there. You want me to go back out there and bring her back here? Yes. God, something, something ain't right about this. Something, something's, something's not right about this. And here we are now at the third chapter of Hosea. And it says in Hosea, the third chapter, the first verse. And the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods, and love takes a raisin. So now God's revealing to him what's going on. I'm having you go through this so that you, when you preach to these people, you understand how I feel. You understand the distress that I'm under. I told them if they follow me, I'll bless them. I will make them prosperous and everything, but they still want to do like everybody else. They still want to go where everybody else is. But I still love them. I still love them so much. And as we look at this first, first, even if he says, listen, listen to what I want to emphasize. He says, go again. Go right back to where you picked her up before. And bring her on back here. He says, I want you to love a woman who is loved by another man. Now, the connotation that we get out of this is that it's not necessarily a one physical man, but it's the affection that she's feeling from all these things that these other men are providing her, that she now feels that that's the way that she, or environment that she needs to be in in order to feel love. Sometimes folks are in abusive situations because they have rationalized to themselves, this is how love I sat down, I've counseled with folks. And one one young man I was counseling said, you know, it's, it was I, I didn't understand this. He said, when when I was trying to be intimate with my wife, she would say, No, I need you to do this. He's like, I'm not gonna hit you, I'm not gonna do this. And she says, Well, you don't love me. He said, He said, I, 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 that's why I need to talk to you. I don't understand this. I said, she needs help. I said, because her mind has been shifted to believe that this negativity that is being uh, placed upon her means love. Mm -hmm. But that's not what love means. But in order for her to feel within herself some type of emotion, she has quantified this negative to be positive. Mm -hmm. 
And that's just how the enemy does us. That's how the devil sets us up. He says, well, this is all you're going to be. This is all you're going to get. I had my first child when I was 17 years old in high school. Well, I didn't have it, you know, because I'm a man. Right. Thank the Lord. Woo! All right. Say that. Woo! That's good. But we had our first child when we were 17 years old in high school. So statistics tell, said that I would not be successful. My girlfriend, wife, was not going to be successful. We were going to be wards of the, the state for the rest of our lives because we didn't do it the way that they said it needed to be done. But I want to tell you, it's all about you trusting Trust in God. God. Because I ended up not doing, going the path that I wanted to go, which was to go to college, get a degree, own businesses, and, and do all this other stuff, and I, I got married. I got married when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Knew I was grown. Mm -hmm. I knew I was grown. Yeah. But sometimes when you know you're grown, you ain't really grown. You just try to tell yourself <laughs> that, try to make yourself feel a little big, you know what I'm mean? saying, but it don't work. But you go through things. But the one thing, I, 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 I'm going to tell this now, I'm going to get off myself, but when I married Miss Yolanda, I went up to her mother with our marriage license that we had both signed. And I said, Mom, I said, this is a 75-year lease on your daughter. I said, after 75 years, I might consider a newer model. But for 75 years, I... This is going to be my wife. Now, let me tell you something when you make a crazy commitment like that. Everything started going crazy. Folks that never looked at you start coming to talk to you. You know, I guess you start looking good. Now you're married and all this other stuff. You know, <laughs> stuff starts happening to try to pull you away from the commitment of the relationship. Amen. When you have made a commitment to something, in order to validate that commitment, you're going to get something to come against it. That's right. If you remember when we were talking about the Garden of Eden, see, y'all done got excited now. You know, we, were, we said, all right, why would God put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life in the garden? Why would he do that? Why would he put those in the middle of the garden? Because he wanted them to have a choice. How can I say that I uh, am following you if I don't have something to try to pull me away from you? How can I say I'm committed to you if I don't have things that can pull me away from you? Okay. Because I have to make the decision. See, God didn't set us up so that we would follow him no matter what. He said, I want you to choose to follow me. And so that's what's happened here. Gomer was following, she was committed, but then she started looking around. Mm -hmm. And she started seeing things, and I believe that the clarion call of what she used to do started calling back out to her. You know, it may have been simple as, you know, if you just go ahead and do it a couple of nights, you could have some extra money to maybe pay off some bills. Mm -hmm. Then the bills got paid off, and then... You know what? Maybe if you do it a little bit longer, maybe you can get this. Maybe you can get that. And then next thing you know, she's back on the treadmill. She's back on that wheel that's not going anywhere but taking all of her effort away. 
But she's out in the middle of this. And it says that she's loved by another man. He, it, it, God even said she's an adulteress. <laughs> now, the rule was if a woman was taken in adultery, she could be killed. Her and the man, person that they committed adultery with. But he said, no, I want you to go redeem her. Go bring her back to me or bring her back to your house so that y'all can be together. So Hosea says, verse number two. So I bought her. Listen to this. So I bought her. He had to go and buy his wife from the situation. Now let me help you understand the situation. Goma went out there and got herself in a little trouble. And got herself in so much trouble that she no longer was just a prostitute. She then had to be placed in the debtor's prison because she owed money to the man responsible for her doing her business. And so he says, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and left it of barley. And this amount is very significant. This amount equals 30 pieces of silver. And if, if you know anything about the Bible, 30 pieces of silver is very, very significant. Mm -hmm. 30 pieces of silver was a requirement by law for you to purchase a slave's freedom. 30 pieces of silver is what Judas received in order to betray Jesus. And then when he couldn't follow through with it, but the process already started, and he tried to give the money back, they said it's blood money. We can't even put it back in the house of God. 30 pieces of silver. Had to redeem, had to go get his wife out of slavery. That third verse says, and he, so I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man, so will I also be to you. So he's saying, I pulled you out of this. But now understand this. If you fall into a situation that someone has betrayed your confidence, yes, you can forgive them. But it's very hard to forget. It takes processes. Yes. It takes some time to work through this. And that's what he's saying. Listen, you, you, you miss Jose in the name, but we got some things we need to work through mm -hmm. before you're actually back into that position. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, you, you're, not gonna, you're not doing that no stuff no more. I'm, I'm going to be the man. You're not going to belong to any other man. You're mine. You are my wife. Then he says this. Then God intervenes that for the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterwards, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. So we see this bouncing back and forth between how God sees the children of Israel and how 
Hosea is dealing with this situation with Gomer. And as we look at this, we see the correlation how we, I won't, I won't do that, I sometimes act like Gomer. God pulls me away from things and I run right back to him. And I say, well, God, you know, it's different now. Miss Yolanda just teasing me the other day. I have been delivered. I love me some <laughs> shortbread cookies with pecans. And I happened to be in the store, and I said, you know, I ain't had these in a while. So I said, let me go ahead and get them. As soon as I got in the car, I opened up that pack for I was like, <laughs> woo! They <laughs> about five of them right then before I even got to the house. I walk in the house, she's like, boy, what you get those cookies for? I said, I just, well, you know, it's been a while. I hadn't had them in a while. So this morning, getting ready with my message. So what I usually do, I kind of, I don't really sleep. I just, I'm just kind of meditating on the message. Them cookies start talking to me, y'all. <laughs> I, I kid you not. Them cookies said, hey, what you doing? So I'm looking over my message for today. Come on downstairs. Oh, okay. Went downstairs. Got me a little bit, got me some water, had me four more of them cookies. Nice. I said, oh, let me go lay down. There's still four more left in the bag. I want them to be lonely. <laughs> but certain things, and you know, it, it, that, that just hit me because it was so funny when, when she said what she said. But anyway, sometimes it's not a cookie. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's another person that you know is not good for you. You know that their, their, their intentions are not good towards you. But it just feels good to be around. I just feel all right being with them. Sometimes it's not a person, sometimes it's a thing. I've seen a man, we have to go, if you go to Las Vegas, you land at the Las Vegas airport. Before you get to your baggage claim, you, they got slot machines already out there for you. <laughs> I seen a guy, I don't know how old he was. All I know is he had a walker and he had an oxygen thing on his, on his thing and he was smoking. <laughs> Pulling it, that one arm band. I said, that, that's got to be addiction right there. The purpose of addiction is to destroy you. It makes you feel like you're okay, but you're not. And God desires for us to walk in what he has prepared for us. But sometimes God don't do it fast enough. We want God to be like a microwave. I, I, I talked to one couple. They, they were mad because they were in debt. And they, they wanted me to pray with them and believe that God was going to give them supernatural debt reduction. You know, that was a big thing for a while. I said, okay. I said, so, uh, did y'all buy a house, you know? And they said, no, this, you know, over time, you know, we, we got to this debt. I said, so, so what took you, let's say, 10 years to get into, you want God to take you out in 10 minutes. Is that what you're telling me? 
And they were like, yeah. I said, that, that's not how this process works. I said, God can, but if he pulls you out of it and you don't learn anything from it, guess what? You're going to be right back in. Y'all ever heard about them lottery winners? Won $10 million and then getting, doing uh, chapter 11 bankruptcy four or five years later. But now how is this situation better? What's better about this situation? Romans, the fifth chapter, in the sixth through the eleventh verse says, so, For while we were still weak, while we were still unable, it says at the right time that Jesus died for us. While we were weak, we, we, we didn't even know that we needed Jesus. We didn't even know that we needed rescue. We thought we were okay. But he died for us. Now, I love this seventh verse because it says, for one will scarcely die for a righteous person. So what he's saying is, we probably ain't going to get, if we know a person right, we ain't going to give up our life for them. But he did it for unrighteous people. It says, oh, perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. And then part of our Roman road is Romans 5 and 8, and it says, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were st still sinners, we were still missing the mark that God had established, that he allowed Christ to die for us. He redeemed us. He set everything up. And all we have to do is grab hold of and know that he did it just for me. Amen. Just for you. How is Jesus better than Hosea? Jesus didn't give 30 pieces of silver. He didn't pay a redemption of a slave. He gave his life for a life. A life that didn't even deserve to be redeemed. In fact, when he was doing the redemption process, we weren't even born yet. We were still a thought in God's plan. And he did this so that when we came to this earth, the door would be open, which would allow us to get back in right standing with God. And then he would redeem us. How many of y'all collect, use coupons? Nobody in here? Some of y'all use coupons? When you, you take that coupon in there and it'll say, I'm just going to be funny, $10 off. And you take that coupon in there, you lay it on there, and you expect that register to take $10 off that joke, you know, if everything's right, correct? That's, just, that's what Jesus did. He, when he redeemed us, he brought us back. Just like Hosea went out and had to go get Gomer and bring her back, he went out and brought us back. But this is a significant thing. If you remember in the third verse, he said, 
it's going to take some. It's going to take many days because now we got to get your mind right. Your body's no longer in that environment. Now we got to get your mind right. That's right. That's right. Romans, the 12th chapter, talks about how every day we should be renewing our mind, renovating our mind, changing our mind. And that's what Jesus done. That's why it's better for us. Because there's not enough money on this earth that could make us to be in the right position with God. But what has occurred is that Jesus died for us while we were still his enemies. Isn't that something? And so as we look at this, and we come to our close for the day. Y'all know I got a sticky note for you. Our sticky note is simply something that I believe that we should take away from a message. Our sticky note for this week is this. Jesus has gone where no one wants to go in order to rescue us. Jesus has gone where no one wants to go in order to rescue us. Jesus has gone where no one wants to go in order to rescue us. Jesus has gone where no one wants to go in order to rescue us. Jesus, we talked about Jesus being in the garden. I think when we were in the Bible study, we, you know, we were talking about this. Jesus was in the garden. And what folks really ain't grabbing hold of is that Jesus didn't want to do it. Jesus did not want to die for us. That's not what he wanted to do. He had to go to the Father three times. Like, you know how your kids do you when they want to get something from you? He said, Father, there's another way. Father, if there's another way. Father, if there's another way. But then he said, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. So his desire to do it was not really like he was all happy that he had to go through this process. He said, if there's another way that we can make this happen, then let's do that. Because he was understood he had to be separated from the Father in order for this to happen. Has anybody ever, ever in your lifetime, ever been somewhere with a parent and y'all get disconnected and you don't know where they are? And you start looking around. You don't know where they are. Because they said stay over here, you decide to go look at the toys instead or something. You know what I'm saying? You get yourself in this predicament. And the feeling that you have when you're lost, that's how Jesus was getting ready to have to go through. But he did it for us. He had to be lost or separated from the Father in order for us to be able to be found because of what? We've done. Just being born caused us 
to be an enemy of God. So Jesus went where no one else wanted to go. No one else wants to redeem you. No one else. You can ask your mama, you can ask your daddy, you can ask your brother, your sister, would you die for me so I can live? They'd be like, is there another way? Is there something else we can do? How much is going to cost? We have to realize how precious this gift is that God has provided for us. And I believe, this, I, just have, I believe this, I believe that God sets us up in order to put us in a position that he desires for us to be. It is a choice. It's always a choice. So you're hearing this today to realize one or two things. One, you're Gomer. Or two, you Jose. That's one or two things. You with? But Jesus is willing to go, if you're Hosea, he's willing to go to where you are and to bring you back I mean, if you're Gomer, bring you back so you're in the right stand. If you're Hosea, he's, going, he's willing to give you the strength to go out and rescue that person that he's compelling you to rescue. But the bottom line is, there's no greater love than the love that God has provided for us. Because Jesus is going where no one else wants to go. And his whole reason was to redeem us, to rescue us, and get us back in the right standing with the Father. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you because your word is true. We thank you that you have revealed your love, your never failing, never dying, never changing love towards us through the book of Hosea. That even though sometimes we fall, you said a man can fall seven times, but as long as he gets back up, he can be okay. So God, we thank you for giving us this revelation that although we may have slipped, although we may not be living totally according to your word, that you've given us another chance to grab hold of all that you have for us. Father, if we are in a Gomer state of mind where we are thinking that the things of this world are more beneficial than our relationship with you, we ask that your spirit of conviction will touch us even now. And that our mind, that we can begin to work on our mind and renew it and get it back to the right place. Father, if we had the mindset of Hosea and we are vacillating between going and rescuing that person that has hurt us, that has caused us to look bad in front of others, give us wisdom 
give us a renewed sense of love that we can go forth and be your hands, be your arms, be your expression of love to that person. So Father, we just thank you for this word today. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and gain great root. And that we will look at being the redeemer through the power of love that you have given to us. We thank you and honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.